What do I define about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, you respond. Are you Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and on this episode of Network and Spill, we're doing a solo show and we're talking all about how to not half-ass or how to stop half-assing your way through life, through your relationships, through your job, through your everyday, through whatever. Um, I love talking about personal development. You guys know this. We talk a lot about self-help, leveling up, getting your shit together, getting your mind right and the difference between, I think, this conversation and maybe some other conversations you've heard or I've had is typically when we're talking about, you know, stuff, powerful, positive movement, monumental stuff, we're talking about like getting more, right? We're talking about getting the job, getting the money, getting the goals, hitting the targets, you know, losing the weight, getting the guy, getting the girl, whatever. Like they're, they're goals. They're, they're things that are based on wants and desires and, that's great, right? We, we have to have those conversations. They're really important conversations. However, this conversation is way more introspective. Like it's way more personal and internal to, to each and every one of us. Because when we're half-assing something, it's typically more about us than it is about anything else. <laughs> it just is, right? When we're half-assing, when we're not showing up as our best, when we're not giving our all, it's typically us. And even though we may think that, oh, well, I'm half-assing because so-and-so is blank, right? So-and-so, you know, doesn't care or, you know, my job is just shitty or, you know, my boyfriend doesn't give me, you know, more than 50% or whatever. Like we use other people as excuses for why we half-ass. Um, I've done it. But at the end of the day and at the beginning, it's up to us to regulate whether we're half-assing or not. And that can be a really difficult and daunting task because, honestly like we really don't have to do it we can most of us can get through our lives we can get girls we can get guys we can get married we can we can do whatever we want by half-assing like by just kind of doing the bare minimal or bare minimum like we can get away with it and unfortunately that's just that's just the facts and i i think that anybody who's listening to this show doesn't want to just half-ass or have the bare minimum. I mean, we have standards and those standards are high. And even though, you know, there are times where maybe we aren't at our best or we're not giving where we could, right? Or how much or how often as we could, we want to. Like deep down inside, there's a desire to excel. And I think we talk a lot about dualistic stuff in, in just in everything. But one of the dualistic parts of this is everything that comes from internal expresses itself external, right? They say your thoughts create your reality. And so if we're thinking that it's okay or that this is enough or that, you know, it is what it is, I've said that so many times, then that tends to show up in our lives. And it's it's intrinsically linked. You can't live a super califragilistic, you know, hardcore, everything is amazing and you're hitting all these goals and you're doing all this shit with a half-assed mentality. It just doesn't work that way. Honestly, it doesn't work that way. I don't know anybody who half-fasts their way and is just living this grandiose, okay, except maybe, well, no, I can't even say the Kardashians because they, a lot of them are putting in work behind the scenes that we probably aren't seeing. Um, and so are people who are working for them, but 
those people are making it look like they're not half-assing. And I hate to bring them up, but I was trying to think about people who are half-assing and being like recommended or um, <laughs> commended for it, right? They called What's-Her-Face a, a self-made millionaire or billionaire the other day, and we were all just like, what? What? How is she? Like, what? But there aren't that many people who are living that life. There aren't that many people. And and sure, they exist. People who um, are really basically just living and breathing and coming out and doing amazing things, you know, who are doing the half-assing. Um, I don't believe that people like Paris Hilton are, you know, necessarily sitting at home just fucking doing nothing. And, you know, they're, they're coming out with these killer perfume brands or they're doing all this work for different charities. And like, I, I just personally, I don't want to believe that because... I mean, why? Like, it's just a shitty thing that I, I just don't, there's enough like negative stuff. And that's just my personal opinion because we don't know what's going on in these people's lives. We don't know what's going on really in anybody's internal mind. So we can't say, oh, well, that person is half-assing or that person isn't giving their all or that person isn't doing what they could be doing. We can't, right? What is the glass stones or whatever? Um, we just can't. I don't think it's necessary. And I would really advise everybody not to do that just because it's just not good juju. Anyway, so it's linked, right? Internal, external, it's all linked. And I really want everybody to be mindful of that. If you are on the personal development journey, if you're on a spiritual journey and you feel like you you want to hit harder targets, you want to push yourself more, you want to you know increase your boundaries, whatever, then you've got to get your mind right. You've got to get in there and say, all right, blah, blah, blah. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to calibrate moving forward. This is how I'm going to show up more in my relationships, in my job, blah, 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 so that I can get to the next level, so that I can attain X, Y, and Z dream or aspiration or goal. And I don't know if you guys have seen it, but on, I think it was on Instagram. I've seen it multiple places, but it's like this animated like quote or whatever. And it's like, never do anything with half your ass. Always use your whole ass. And I always thought that was so funny and for a number of reasons, but I always thought it was super funny. And I think that is one of the main reasons why I was inspired to do this episode, because I really want to check everybody on the level of exertion on the level of input or effort that they're putting into shit that they're doing because we can talk about goals all day but if you're half-assing your way through those goals you're just not going to see results as fast you're not going to get what you want as fast and so we can't really talk about goals without talking about your mindset and what's going on and how to not fall into the trap of half-assing it because maybe you grew up and you were allowed to get away with that shit or maybe you grew up and um, everybody was doing it. So it just became part of the norm. And now you're wondering why you're not seeing results. And it's kind of linked back to your youth. And we'll definitely talk about that in a second. But another thing that inspired this episode is, as you may or may not know, one of my favorite books right now is the David Goggins book, Can't Hurt Me. And I love that book so much. And one of the the quotes, not quotes, but like one of the sections of the book that like blew me out of the water was where he talks about how we are like, how, okay. So he talks about how vehicles have governors, right? You have a car and there's a governor built in that car to keep it from going at like, um, to keep it from going too fast, I guess. And I don't know, I'm not a mechanic. I don't know like all the logistics. He gave a really good sort of dive into this. It wasn't super mechanical, but we all know that, that you have, um, in every car, there's a governor. And it's interesting because my sister was in my car the other day and she goes, oh my God, your car's speedometer goes to 180. Ha ha. Mine goes to like 100. And 
we were laughing about it, but obviously we've got two completely different cars, right? She's got a small, um, compact little sedan and I have a two door sports car, rear wheel drive. It's got like 300 something horsepower. It's just, it's a faster car. And so the governor is going to be different on each, each car, on every car. And when you look at it, people are very similar and you can't say that one car is necessarily better than the other or vice versa. And especially when it comes to people, because your maximum weight when you're bench pressing may not be mine. It may be like where I started or vice versa. And we can't judge other people based off of where their governors are. It's really, really, really more about where our governors can go. And so David Goggins in the book talks about how like, he talks about the 40% rule and how we are all sort of maximizing out at 40% of our capability. Like we're giving 40%, like that's what people tend to tap out at. And I thought that was so interesting. Now, David is, is, uh, he was a military guy. He's very athletic and he does a lot of working out. I added him on IG. <laughs> You've got to add this man on IG. It's fucking hilarious. He goes so hard and he always says that stay hard at the end of his like videos, but it's just, it's so interesting to me how we operate at 40% or we max out at 40%, which, you know, when you look at half-assing, half-assing is supposed to be 50%. So if if he's saying that we're maxing out at 40% and half of us are going around barely giving 50, it just, the numbers are insane to me, you know? And then when you look at like the percentage of our brain we're actually using, that's even crazier. So, you know, I, I love the notion of David Goggins talking about this because it's a really great example for me. And when I look at my governor now, when I'm working out, I look at it as, okay, I need to push harder. So when I start hearing those voices in my head saying, girl, you need to stop, or you need to come out of this pose in yoga, or, you know, put the weights down, you can't do another set, or this weight is too heavy, or whatever, um, I, I start to really question that. Instead of believing every single thing I hear, I start questioning that. Is it really? Can I really push? And then really diving deep into where I can find the motivation to keep going. And I did that. I was in yoga class the other night. It was a hot yoga class and it was supposed to be like 90 something degrees. It did not feel like 90, but I'm in the yoga class and we were in chair pose. We were doing something really hard. There were a few times I was like, fuck in that class. And I looked around and we're all in the same pose. So like we're all, you know, your peripheral, everyone's doing the same thing. And I'm standing there in the, in the yoga pose. And I see people tapping out and I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to drop. I'm not going to drop. I'm not going to drop. I'm going to keep going. Um, and I used everybody else's dropping out as my ambition to keep going. Like I use that as part of my strength to continue pushing and to continue, um, giving my all in that moment. And I think a lot of us can do that by, and it doesn't, again, it doesn't mean that those people in that yoga class were, pansies for not being able to hold that yoga pose or that they weren't doing a good job or they weren't good enough or whatever. It doesn't mean anything. It's nothing to do with them, right? When it's about you, it's nothing to do about them, right? We're, we're keeping the focus on ourselves. But in that moment, I use that as inspiration to keep going. And I kind of piggybacked off of it. It was, and I challenged myself because it's, it's in a way you kind of make it a competition. And I think that's one really cool hack to really stop half-assing through things is making it a competition, seeing how far you can go, seeing how much you can create, how much you can do. And so that doesn't mean that, you know, you burn yourself out by, you know, sitting there and, and doing something ridiculous that you don't need to be doing, but it really does mean pushing and challenging how far you typically go. 
than how far maybe other people go. That's how Guinness World Records are broken. And I love looking back at, you know, my childhood and looking at, you know, the governor or the standard of excellence my, my mom set when it came to certain things. And I think we all have caregivers or teachers who instilled in us certain levels of of excellence or of, of appropriate, appropriateness and of, of acceptability, really. I don't know what the word is, but do you know what I'm talking about? Right. And so I knew, so, okay, here's the example. I grew up with my mom, right? She was stay at home. She was a military wife. And so we were always like moving around and traveling. And for a while, it was just her and I, right? For like three years, it was her and I. And then we had another sister enter the picture and she had another kid. And so it was just us. And in the house most of the day. And she loved to clean. She Well, she didn't probably love to clean, but she cleaned. She loved to have a happy home. And she loved to keep things really, really, really nice and clean. She's super creative. Um, she always cooked really, really good stuff. And she always had us looking good. And our hair was always done. Like, we had a fantastic upbringing. And regardless of where we lived, even if it was a super, like, lonely place like Alaska, and one thing that I learned from her, because when we're little, we watch our, our parents. One thing I learned was that I wanted to do everything she did. Cause just that's how you are when you're a kid. You want to do everything that like, typically you want to do everything that your, the people that you look up to are doing. And it could be somebody on TV. It could be a teacher. It could be a complete stranger. It could be an MBA star or, or America's next top model. Like we all have somebody and she would clean and like fix things up. <clears throat> And I loved, I loved the, the cleaning. I loved cleaning and I just, I wanted to clean. So she like would get me like a little broom. I had a little vacuum and I had like a ton of other toys, like Legos and cool shit, but I loved cleaning. I loved like doing the stuff that she, that I saw her doing and I wanted to mimic her. And as I got older, I learned that cleaning was actually a really serious thing. And I don't know, I don't know about y'all, but I was really fucking excited to wash dishes when I got to that age. Like she had to warn me. She was like, no, you're not old enough. She's like, no. And then she was like, okay, well, if I let you do this, you're going to have to do it right. Like you can't fuck it up. It's not a, it's not a game because you know, I see bubbles, I see soap, I see water. I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be a good time. And she's like, no, not quite. You got to clean this shit properly. And, but I looked forward to it. Like she had to put me like in this place where I had to wait, like she had, she made me wait to do dishes because that's how excited I was to do them. And then I started doing them and I started cleaning other stuff like my room and my bathroom. And she was like, all right, well, this is how it needs to be done. And she was like a drill sergeant when it came to cleaning. I was like, yo, but then once I learned, I was like, okay, like I get it. And I learned how not to half-ass doing any chore um, because she spent the time and worked with me so that I learned how to clean things effectively. And now when I clean shit, my level, I mean, honestly, I could work for a fucking cleaning company. That's how like thorough and how good I am at cleaning things and the attention to detail and using the right products and um, all of that. Like it's super interesting. That's, that's the, that's the example that I have of growing up as a kid and being told this is the standard and that if you half-ass, there are repercussions. So if I would do a shitty job, which I rarely did, but if I did, she'd be like, uh, no, try again, go back. You didn't do this. You missed this. And she would explain to me what needed to be done. And I wish that we had that more in life where people would come behind us and say, okay, no, this is wrong. This needs to be fixed in, in a good, helpful way. I think we have a lot of people who think they know and who want to tell us how to live our lives. But when it comes to like actual positive criticism or, you know, help, that's where we need more because we have performance evaluations at work, but a lot of us don't have anybody telling us really 
how we can improve in any other aspect of our lives. And it sucks because then we don't get better and we're like spinning our wheels trying to figure out why shit's not popping off. And it's not popping off because we simply don't know. We don't know where our blind spots are. We don't know where our, um, where our weaknesses are. We just don't know. And I got to tell you, my mom really did help me learn how to clean to a T. And I am so glad that I have that now. And I know what half-assing looks like. And once you have that sort of knowing, it makes it easier for you to, you know, talk about it and to know about it and to tell people, yeah, 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 no, that's, that's not clean or that's not good or blah, 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 you know. And I think in our personal lives, one of the ways that we can do that is through this one tip that I learned from, um, Jack Canfield, when it, this is specifically for relationships. So Jack Canfield has this book. I think it's, um, I want to say it's Jack Canfield. I'll have to check. I'll put the book in the show notes. It's an incredible book. It's an incredible collection of principles. It's called this, the 40 like success principles, I think. And it's one of those books where like you can leave it somewhere and then like just randomly pick it up and go to a success principle and just like read it and then move about your day. And I did that. And one of the principles, I'll never forget it. One of the principles was about, um, dealing with getting feedback from people in your life. And I guess he had like an assistant or secretary or something and then his spouse or somebody he was working with and he would go to them and ask them, Hey, um, you know, I really appreciate our relationship, blah, blah, blah. I value your opinion. Um, I think he would do this regularly too. It wasn't like it was a once in like a fucking blue moon. Like he did this regularly and he would ask them, you know, how can I support you more? Is there anything I'm doing that you uh, would like to see me maybe alter or change or how can I support you or um, something? And, and I really liked that. I'll have to go back to that principle and maybe leave some more notes or do like an Instagram about it. But it was such a powerful idea to me because it's almost like you have to be super vulnerable in that moment to get that feedback. It's not like your boss saying, okay, well, you know, I wish you would do this more. I wish you came on time. I wish you did that. I wish you were more um, blank, right? It's not like that. I think it's a little bit different because it's somebody like you probably aren't really close to and who knows you really well and who likes you a lot. Um, and so they're going to be nice about it. But I think that you do have to be vulnerable when you do this because you have to be open to suggestion. You can't just do this and then be combative or be... Um, what's the word where you're kind of standoffish or you're like, Oh no, you know, this doesn't really affect me. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's important. So for me, I think it's, it's a really, really good idea to, um, to, to set these conversations and have these conversations with people to get feedback, to ask how you can support them more, to ask if there's anything that you're doing that, you know, could be shifted or altered or tweaked a little bit to help them or to whatever. Um, and again, I, I will post that in the, I'll post the book in the show notes so that you can grab the book yourself and go through it. But that, that really did shift things for me. Just the idea of asking somebody how I could support them was important. Um, I have a sister who, um, you know, she had something she was planning and doing. And then later she was like, well, you never asked if you could, you know, help or blah, blah, blah. And at first I was like, whoa, like it was your job to let me know how I could have helped you so that you didn't try to call me out on half fasting later because you didn't have, you know, or you didn't make the time to say, Hey, I need X, Y, and Z. She wasn't assertive. And now it's my fault. Like I took it and took it very personally and I was irritated. Um, 
I didn't really take it personally. I actually pushed it back on her. I shifted the blame back to her. But then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I do need to make it more, I need to make more of a point to ask people how I can support them, to ask people if there's anything they need from me, to ask people how I can help them or assist them or work with them or make things easier for them. I do need to do that. However, if there was a situation where somebody said, you know, or where somebody needed me and didn't speak up, that's a them problem for sure. And, you know, that's on them. But I do think it's important to, to have that dialogue with people. So if you're interested in expanding your relationships and maybe not half-assing your way through things, I think a lot of us do that. Uh, we do that with our parents. We blow everybody off. We're like, yeah, I'm busy. And that really is, for me, a huge part of half-assing. This notion that we're all so busy. You know, when you're so busy and like your time is just taken by so many things, it makes it hard for you to slow down and to really give your all. How are you supposed to give your all when you're you're going a hundred miles an hour? How are you supposed to do that? And that's something that we need to consider. You know, it's just like when you go to a fast food restaurant for convenience. It's convenient to stop at Chick-fil-A or McDonald's or wherever people go to get food because it's convenient and it's quick and it's easy and we don't have the time to sit down and make a healthy meal. It's convenient to stop and and it's more inconvenient to stop and actually make the better, healthier option. And I think a lot of us are doing that throughout our lives. We're going so fast, trying to keep up, trying to get to that next level that we end up half-assing, even though we have high integrity, even though we are good people, even though we're trying and we're putting an effort because we're going so fast, we end up half-assing through things and not giving our all and not showing up like we should and not putting in that effort and attention to detail. And it's really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. So many people die in hospitals because of stuff like that. People are going too fast, the negligence, um, not paying attention. The attention to detail isn't there. They're not listening. And that's where it really affects people, right? Because people can die or get really, really ill. And then when you look at like, you know, obviously a regular job or not regular, but like a, a job that doesn't involve people's lives dying or living or whatever, like marketing or accounting or maybe retail, you look at jobs like that and it's not necessarily affecting folks in like a life or death way, but it is affecting folks in a in an experience way, right? That's why customer service is so important because if we're not showing up and being kind and treating people how we want to be treated, it comes off as half-fasting. I mean, go into your local Froyo spot, right? Typically, you go into a Froyo restaurant or what do you call it? Ice cream joint? A Froyo joint? I don't know what you call it. But you go into those places and the person there is typically like a teenager, right? Because we had, right down the street from where my parents live, um, we had a frozen yogurt spot. And it was actually only open. There's a custard shop too nearby that we used to go to in school. And there were kids that would work there, like teenagers that would work there. And they didn't give a shit. It was like a seasonal job. The place was only open for part of the year because of the weather. And in Virginia, it gets really cold. So they shut down for like the winter months. And you you walk in and you get these kids who are half-assing their job. They don't give a shit. They're there to get paid. They have no investment into the company. Like this isn't a big deal for them. They're going to do their job. They're going to do the bare minimum. They're going to get their check and they're going to dip, right? Because they have college that semester or they have goals they're trying to hit or whatever. It's not, there's no liability. There's no um, skin in the game for them. And that's where you have to look at that. So let's not act like those seasonal employee 
high schoolers who don't give a shit about the company, who don't care about treating people well for the most part, and who really have no investment into anything there except themselves. We cannot have that mentality when we're going into regular jobs, doing things on a full-time basis and expect a lot of us are going in with that mentality. And I think one of the reasons why is because when we're kids, we were, we were around folks who let us kind of slide a lot, or we were around folks who never let us slide. So the minute we could slide, you're like, but yeah, we're sliding through, or we're going to let this pass, or we're not going to make the bed because haha, mom and dad aren't here to tell me to do it because I'm grown, right? There's kind of two, two sides to that scale, which I find super interesting because I've experienced it both ways. But you've got to be careful about how you're showing up in your job, regardless of what you're doing, regardless of the implications or the bad stuff that could happen from you screwing up or not showing up as your full self. I really, really, really encourage you to think about people in your industry who are killing it, people in your industry who are doing really, really, really good work, who are out there making moves, doing big things, you know, and, and getting awarded or, you know, getting recognized, et cetera, in their, in your industry. I really encourage you to do that because if you look at them and their work ethic or their mentality, it's different than other folks, especially the folks who are kind of complaining about the job or who are like not super positive that they're going to get a raise or they're going to get to the next level because blah, blah, blah. And again, there are so many reasons why people feel the way that they do, right? It's not all about half-assing. Sometimes people are half-assing because they're simply not engaged. They are not interested. It's not their passion. It's not something that they really want to be doing. I had a job like that for many years. I did not want to do what I was doing. I did not like it. I did it because it had all the perks, all the fun, all the travel, all the excitement in the world. But I fucking hated the job. Like it was crap. And so there were times where I would half ass. And it was, it was one day, one of my colleagues, uh, he got a raise. Finally, he'd been trying to get this raise forever. He finally got the raise and he made a post on Facebook and I happened to come across it. And it was like, you know, cause he was living this dual life where he was doing his full-time job, right. In one industry. And then he was out trying to do a career in like acting and modeling. And so he had these dual, he had this dual life that he was living. But one of the things he said in that post was, you know, I show up anything I put my name on, I make sure I give 110%. And I was like, damn, keep in mind, this person lives in two different places, has two different jobs, is traveling all the time, is managing friends and family, friends that live in the States, family that lives abroad. And he managed to make it work. And he was super physically fit, was eating really well. Like if people like that can figure it out. Granted, he didn't have any kids or whatever, or a spouse. I don't either. So it was one of those things where you look at somebody who is excelling and who is doing really big things and who is making moves and making waves for their life. And they're not half-assing. There's nothing that this dude is half-assing. There's just not. I mean, there may be in like maybe his like deep personal life or, you know, maybe he doesn't make his bed or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but, but overall, he was pushing at 110%. His governor was set a lot further because his mind was like, no, this is what I want and I'm going to get there by any means necessary. And the work that I do, I want it to be quality. I want to make sure that everything that I touch doesn't necessarily turn into gold, but at least there's a stamp of done well or well done, like grade A beef, just well done. And I think that's so cool. So for me, that was a really interesting way of looking at it too, as even though 
you don't necessarily want to go down one path and you're not super into it, you can still push and you can still give your all. You can still give 110% or anything really over half-assing and get somewhere. And that's, I think, what a lot of us are doing. We're not happy with where we are in this moment. And so we half-ass and then we're like, oh, well, we're just not, I'm just not like further along than I thought. And it's like, okay, but you're not even really trying. You're just showing up. You're doing what you did when you were like six and getting that participation trophy, i.e. your paycheck, just for showing up. And unfortunately, that's not going to get you a scholarship. That's not going to get you, you know, into the extreme league or into, do you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? You're not going to get anything crazy or good or, or, um, that you really, really, really want by doing like the very bare minimum. It's just, and if you get it, then it's still, it's not going to be that big of a deal because you had no skin in the game right? These kids that are working at the Froyo places, they don't give a shit. They're not going to get raises. They're not going to, I mean, maybe next summer if they choose to work there again, they'll get a little bit more, but you know, that's not guaranteed. They could easily find some other kid who's going to, who's cool with the same amount they were paying you last year. And these kids aren't trying to get rewarded. They're not trying to get a a raise or a promotion, right? Within the same, there's just, they're there for a reason. So you have to be very cognizant of this. And even though you may be there for a short term or for a short time. I still think it's really important to give your all, just like Homeboy did. Even though he wanted to do his other career full time, he did 110% in what he was doing because that was, was helping him. That is what was helping him fuel his dreams and fuel his bank account and pay for his rent and pay for his vacations abroad and do whatever the fuck else he was doing with his money. That afforded him the ability to do that until the time was right for him to move forward and the other career full-time. So I love that example. I love the David Goggins example. Please read that book. I really do really, I really, really like it. And again, I'm not like a gym buff or somebody who's been in the military. I grew up on military bases my whole life. But when you look at military bases, for me, growing up there and in that culture and community was very high integrity. It was a very, it was very much a culture or community of doing the right thing. And to me, integrity means doing the right thing, not half-assing anything, doing the right thing, even when no one's looking, because you care and because you care about your worth ethic and the work that you're putting out into the world. It's not just about getting rewarded or getting recognized. It's about doing a good job because a good a good job deserves to be done. Like that's what integrity means to me. And on a military base, you've got tons of people who don't know each other typically, right? from all over the, all over the world, all over the country. And they're putting in work with people who also have high integrity. And to me, I just think it's so interesting. And I learned how to have high integrity very, very early. My mother taught me that regularly. And just, and also I saw it living on those bases because the respect that people had for each other and for their environment, like the base was always pristine. Like there wasn't trash on the ground. Your lawns were required to be a certain length. Like you couldn't speed. Like there were a lot of rules on the military base. And so you saw people upholding these rules, even when maybe nobody was watching. And that to me is important. It's an important part of half-assing because in a lot of industries, you could be half-assing and no one would really know. No one would really know 
you have to trust those folks. And it's like, yeah, we need people who aren't going to half-ass be the ones building our houses, fixing our cars, you know, putting whatever into whatever, making sure that when we go into the doctor, we're being treated properly when we're under the knife. Like these are the things that matter. And when you look at half-assing in the sense of having integrity and trusting. I mean, just think about the last time you had surgery or you knew somebody who had surgery or you went to um, an event and you saw people putting the show together. There's so many people putting the food together. And then you've got the instruction, the construction industry where, you know, they're building homes and nobody can see inside the drywall once the wall is put up, right? At least I don't think you can. Um, and so you're hoping that my sister recently had a reno done and, you know, the hope is that this person went behind the scenes and did a great job because there's really no way for us to know, even if we were there watching him like put the wall together do all of the molding or whatever the fuck you do like even if we were there we couldn't we wouldn't know we couldn't be able to be like oh yeah that's that's you didn't do that right we couldn't discern here nor there and he probably wouldn't want us to because it'd be annoying even if we did but there's no way for us to know if he's doing a half-assed job or a good job or not like we're trusting and hoping that he's doing a good job and then it's going to be obviously up to code and it's going to be great and the electrical stuff will be right and everything will be fine. And that's the trust that we have to instill. So half-assing, you know, if half-assing isn't cool for certain people, it shouldn't be cool for others, regardless of what's on the line, right? Because that construction guy could easily ruin a home or a, an entire property or something bad could happen because of a shitty job. And then the house, you know what I mean? Like that's a liability, we all are, are liable for the work that we do and the energy that we put into it and the energy that we get out of it. We're all responsible for that. So regardless of whether you're in a different field from construction or military or medical or food, um, there's a lot of other industries where having a high integrity is important and half-assing is important, especially if you're somebody who wants to get a raise or who wants to get to the next level or who has job goals to you know, expand into another industry completely. I've been in consulting for a long time, and that's definitely not a life or death thing. Um, nobody knows whether, you know, I mean, there's not a question of, are you doing a good job because this is really important to like somebody's lively? It's not like that. Like we're doing consulting, we're giving feedback, we're testing, we're, we're not doing anything like surgical or anything like that. However, however, the integrity and the quality of the work that we do needs to be high. Why? Because that's how you get more clients. That's how you make more money. That's how you transcend and you learn and you grow and you can expand into different arenas or, you know what I mean? Like that's how you build off of what you've done. It's by doing quality shit. Just like, you know, they say you can't build um, a house on like certain types of gravel or sand or whatever you can't build it on a rocky shitty foundation you just can't do that and to me half-assing allows you or disallows you to be able to do that when you half-ass something it doesn't necessarily give you the step up to get to the next level it just it just physically does not right have you ever like climbed up really small steps it's fucking annoying and then you're like eventually you're just like trying to leap and just like take 18 steps at a time because you're like, who the fuck has time for this? That to me is exactly what half-assing is. Just like if you need a visual, that's what half-assing is like because you end up doing a little bit of work and it doesn't get you anywhere any any faster than if you had just taken the fucking time in the first place to do it right. 
and to do do it with your whole ass, right? That's just how I feel. And and so we do we do I think collectively need to shift our our thinking around what giving our all means because look, let's be honest. We're not in school anymore. We're well, when I say school, we're not in elementary school, we're not in high school or middle school anymore. And nobody is going to make fun of us for trying harder. Nobody's going to make fun of us for doing more and going above and beyond. Like when we were kids, you would absolutely get made fun of. If you were super smart, you were a nerd, you were nerdy, people didn't want to be around you because you thought that you were too good. Or some some people thought that. Other people were just like, no, you're nerdy. Like you're not even cool. And then you've got people who were called brown nosers or suck ups or teacher's pets when they would actually, you know, pretend like the teacher was a real fucking person and be nice to that person and acknowledge that person and act that like the person was a cool person versus like, yeah. And, and those people were called names. And then you were called an overachiever if you did more than what was asked, you know? And, and that's what we dealt with as kids. And so a lot of us learned very young, well, if I do more than I'm required, I'll be made fun of. And unfortunately, we really need to take that out of our brains because thinking that way will not get us to the next level. It just simply won't. It just simply won't. And no one's going to make fun of you now. And if they do, we call them haters and we leave them alone. We keep them outside. We keep them away from us. And those same haters are going to be the same ones who watch you overachieve and quote unquote do the most and get to the top while they're still sitting there hating from outside the club. That's just facts. So um, if you're somebody who's felt that, maybe you were made fun of in school. Um, maybe you didn't grow up with somebody who had a high level of um, excellence, a high standard of anything. Maybe the person that you were raised or that you were taught by half-assed through everything. Like they didn't give a shit if you missed a couple things on your paper or you didn't follow the rules on an assignment. They were just like, yeah, you were there, you turned it in, you got attendance, keep it moving. You didn't fail, it's fine. There are people like that. There are. And typically we have the opposite where it's like, you didn't cross this T, you didn't dot this I, this paper's trash. Or, you know what I mean? We have the extremes on on both ends. But if you're somebody who didn't have the extreme or who had people who were kind of there, but like not because, you know, they're busy, um, then you probably want to work on this and how you can raise that level of excellence within yourself. And again, I would say, one, find people in your industry that are killing it. I would also say find people who have relationships that seem to be working and or hire someone to help you. Because when you hire someone, it really does give you that um, that unbiased feedback where you can use that to actually make moves towards your goals and to get better versus taking advice from somebody. Believe me, I have tried to cut corners and take advice and to half-ass my personal development train at some point, right? By asking someone. And sometimes I am genuinely interested, right? Now that I've been podcasting for a while and I'm getting used to interviewing people and asking them questions and actually listening to the answers, um, it's shifted for me and I will actually ask people. But for the most part, when it comes to me personally, if I'm trying to implement something different, I look to hire or I look to pay because that's when you'll get the tips and the tricks and the information that somebody who just happens to have a good relationship or you know, it just it kind of looks so easy for them and they don't know how to word it, that's where that's not going to be as helpful for you. 
because there's a lot of people who are in really good relationships because over time they've worked on it or their partner is really strong or their partner, you know, has had therapy before and has like the tools to communicate. You know what I mean? Like you don't know their, their situation. So I always recommend to hire folks who you feel can help you get to that next level and hold you accountable. So the, for me, the great example I have is when you look at people in the industry of, um, fitness. Fitness is a great example because in the personal development or the physical fitness area, you've got a lot of personal trainers who are going to actually kick your ass and move you forward towards your goal. They're going to move that governor for you, right? Or with you, they're going to help push you do that to do that. And that's where hiring people is so beneficial and it's super, super, super productive with your time because you're not trialing and erroring it a ton over and over and over. You're, you're getting somebody right in your face that's going to help you push to see where that governor is and then to push it and to push it and to push it and to push it until you hit whatever goal you're trying to hit. And the same could be said for relationships, right? You could get a relationship coach if you want to learn how to show up more and communicate better with your significant other or a loved one, and they are going to help you communicate better and to show up more and to raise that governor of maybe patience and allowing and love or whatever, right? That'll help you with that. And so, and then, you know, just regular stuff. I mean, you could get somebody to personal coach, a personal coach to help you with maybe some of your interpersonal goals. So issues maybe at work, you're not showing up issues just in general, like just general mindset, general lifestyle issues. Um, that's somebody that can help uh, with that. So and that's where I come in. Obviously that's, that's more of my expertise. I am not a, a personal trainer at all or relationship coach or relationship like therapist or anything like that. But I do think that Um, One thing that I've enjoyed helping my clients do is change their mindset so that their governor sort of automatically shifts, right? When you change how you look at something and when you change how you approach doing something, it, it can automatically change that governor because your mindset isn't focused on doing the bare minimum or that you can't or that you're not going to do it, or that it's not going to work. It's not what you're thinking. And those are the things that tend to keep people's governors low or to keep people's governors um, steady and stuck. That's what typically does that. So when you get with somebody who can teach you, okay, cool, we're going to attack or approach it from this perspective. We're going to move forward like this. We're going to change how we see or perceive this predicament or this issue or this person or this job or this task or whatever it is. And then we're going to take that and move forward differently. We're going to take it and we're going to adjust as we move forward towards what we want. And as you do that, the governor automatically shifts. And then you look back and you're like, well, look at all the shit I did. And it's just a cool feeling. It's a cool feeling to watch people change the way that they think. And it's a cool feeling to watch people grow while they're pushing themselves and while they're pushing boundaries that they thought they had or lines that they thought they couldn't cross within themselves. You know, the things that you can accomplish when somebody is coaching you or cheerleading you or, you know, that's why people have coaches in the first place, like, like physical coaches for basketball and football and cheerleading and all of that. And even for like music, you get a, a vocal coach, you know, you have those coaches for a reason, you know, they have tips and tricks to help you get further. That's the whole fucking point. So I, I, I think it's really beautiful and it's really cool to do that. So if you are somebody who 
is super busy. If you're somebody who, you know, wants to get further, you want to try a 5k, you want to try to, to lift more weights. You want to lose weight. You want to do this. You want to, whatever it is that you're trying to do. I really recommend you looking for professionals to look up to and also to help you because that is exactly how you stop half-assing. Because at the end of the day, if you're here listening to this show, especially if you've managed to get to this point in the show, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing that's like going to keep you forever from doing something. And you have the ability to find people. If you found the show, then you can find Yelp or the Google and the Google and find people to help you to get to the next level. Like you have all the access that you need. You do. And it honestly doesn't take that long. I think it doesn't take as long as we think it does, right? Typically to do better and to do more and to do the deep work to figure out how we can do better and do more. I really believe that. So, All right. I'm excited. I think I talked about all the things about half-assing that I wanted to hit today. Um, definitely check out David Goggins' book and grab the uh, Jack Canfield book, uh, The Success Principles. I will link those in the com- in the show notes so you can check them out. And if you've read them before, go to my website, networkandspill.com, and comment that you've read the book. And let me know what what part of the book really stuck out to you the most. That book for me, the governor piece was huge. There were a couple of other sections, but that piece stuck with me the most because I think about David when I'm like in class and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to put, I'm going to push harder. Or when I'm on the the Peloton bike and I'm like, yeah, I'm working out with Alex or one of the ladies. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I think about it. Literally it comes up for me when I, after I read those books. It's it's really changed my perspective when it comes to pushing myself. So if it does it for me, and I wasn't even trying, like it just happened, then I I definitely recommend you guys check them out. Um, I will have a new episode next Thursday. If you didn't check out the episode with Gary Ware from last week, definitely check it out. He's amazing. Um, I've got more episodes coming next Thursday, the Thursday after that. Uh, make sure you're subscribed and you follow me on Instagram, Whitney Danielle Coaching. If you know, and you're always welcome. If you hear this show, you're always welcome. If you come to me and you're like, Whitney, I need help. You want to work together? Let me know. Um, obviously, if you say that you listen to the podcast show and that's how you found me, I would be more than happy to give you a special treatment or a special discount. Um, maybe not special treatment because I treat everybody kind of special because I like to be treated special. Um, but yeah, definitely ping me. Let me know. You can email me at Whitney at WhitneyDanielle.com. And yeah. Oh, and add me on Pinterest because my Pinterest is pretty popping right now. And that's a great place for inspo for all of you who are looking to like get inspired and motivated. So I think I am Whitney Danielle coaching on Pinterest. So, all right, guys, I'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers.